Story time. Let's just record something. Let's just talk. All right. What should we talk about? I got no notes. I'm looking at the recording. Yeah, me too. I'm not on it. My computer's done. What about this here? Um, my qu- I do have a question for you, Harvey. Okay. It's a more serious question, not as uh, not as uh, uh, bantery as usual. Maybe we'll get there. Who knows? But the question is about pressure and how it relates to your coffee consumption habits. Pressure and coffee. I, I feel pressured now with this question. Exactly. I mean, we, we record the show, right? And then we cut it up and put it out there. Uh, y- there's a lot of pressure to actually make sure the content's good. You know, we don't have infinite time to, to be re-recording and recording every day and all mm-hmm. these sorts of stuff. So there's pressure to make sure we're good. And, and <laughs> we've both observed that the amount of coffee we, we consume mm-hmm. directly impacts our tone of voice on the actual podcast. So my question is, again, you know, in previous work experiences, how much coffee did you consume to deal with the pressure? Oh, God. Okay. So from my background, I used to work um, night shift, like PM shift. So it'll be I start in the afternoon and yep. work anywhere from midnight all the way up to like 3 a.m. So coffee was like my aid. So how many coffees a day? Uh, at my heyday, five. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Five coffees in five one day. day? Yeah. How do you not have like a heart attack? I think that's why I've got like insomnia. I got like kind of like a mild insomnia. That's uh, that got real. <laughs> yeah, it did get real. No, so the consumption because after a while, like your body gets used to it, right? So you know it, it builds up a tolerance. Mm. So after five, it's like nothing really happens for you. So you kind of continue to supplement more caffeine, more caffeine, inject more caffeine to you. Then you know you just build up this tolerance. And it doesn't work for you anymore. So I've worked in previous places where. I didn't drink coffee. I only started drinking coffee like a year ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, I never. I was never a coffee drinker at all. Um, but I did drink like Red Bull and V. Okay. I did drink the energy okay. drinks. And there was times where I would drink, you know, those giant cans of Red Bull. I think they've been banned now. But the, the massive, Oh, Mother? Those Mother cans? The Mother size, but the Red Bull oh, version. Oh, right, yeah. Because I like Red Bull better. Yeah, I, I, I got to a point once where I was drinking one of those and it didn't do anything. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's a problem. Because we were doing like night shifts and then day shifts. Yep. So, so you can understand from working at... Yeah, different substance, but same effect. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. So one of the things as well from those energy drinks as well, I used to drink a lot of those energy drinks and it got to a stage where um, I was getting jittery and I was getting like... The like shakes. Sw- sweats. Yeah. It's bad because it's it, like with the energy drinks, it's sugar and caffeine. Yeah, because it gives you that quick spike. Yeah. Then after that, it'll fade away within like the hour or so. It's not good, man. Quick like, fix. It's a quick fix. It's a short-term fix. How um how many coffees are you drinking now? Uh, two, two to three. Two a day. Two a so day. So even if you got nothing on, like let's say it's a Sunday, it's a re- it's it's day off, relaxing day. Yeah, it's 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 a habit now. So it's a lifestyle. Sorry. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'll drink one in the morning when I wake up, and then probably another pick me up during midday or lunchtime. So do you need a coffee? Like when you wake up and you got that little little haze. Do you like attack that haze with a coffee? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's kind of built into my routine. When I wake up, I go straight to the coffee machine. Ah, it's like, yeah. Right, right. right. Yeah, it's like it's 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 built into my habit. All right. Okay. So then talking about pressure, how do you handle pressure? Do you can you handle pressure without coffee? So uh, then can it, you so it, then can you handle I'll jump straight back into pressure. Can you handle pressure without coffee? I think I can. I've done I've done it a couple of times. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not as easy, but... I don't think coffee is the solution for pressure. I don't think it will solve solve it. I think, you know, coffee just kind of gives you that alertness. I mean, I mean, I am sort of railing into, okay, coffee is your, is your hit for caffeine to make mm. sure you're alert. But a lot of people, I mean, we're from Melbourne. You have like yeah, the coffee, coffee capital. capital. Yeah, we're coffee capital of the world. So there's people that drink coffee here purely for the taste. I've got a mate that roasts coffee beans. That's how into it he is. He'll mm-hmm. find like Ethiopian coffee beans and roast them himself. That's, wow. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but, I, but, yeah, I'm, but yeah, I'm sort of asking more on the tangent of how do you use coffee to help you be productive yeah so normally my productivity comes from the first few hours so i you really utilize that through you know have that coffee spikes because you know again the coffee kind of only lasts for a short amount of time so i really utilize my the, the first few hours uh to do my to do uh, my jobs and priorities and then i'll use coffee again maybe you know during mid mid of my uh, afternoon just to kind of keep keep me going. Okay, so next topic, new fresh topic, new agenda item. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I haven't written down the talking points, but how do you, Harvey De Los Santos, in twenty twenty, in what is it, March, March twenty twenty, what are you doing to be productive in your workday? Ah, oh, geez. So, can I tell you something? Uh, yeah, I also. So a since I left my corporate job, my habits. And my schedule in my routine is out of whack. In what way? So sleeping pattern, and and kind of like structuring my work. So because I, I'm kind of don't have a, a structure now, I, that structure is all depending on myself. And yeah, I have to find I have to find that kind of motivation, and I have to kind of be proactive in, in ensuring that I get the work done. So do you have any habits to maintain your productivity? Well, I, I make sure that I write my goals. One of the things I do is write my goals every day or, or the night before, and I try to tackle those those tasks. How so? Goals or tasks? So I got my goals, and then the goals will be broken down to tasks. So in short, in in order to achieve that goal, I need to kind of complete these uh, those tasks in order to to reach it. And you do that every day. Yeah, far out so to to progress because I like you know kind of tasks can be quite you know um, quite broad. So you never know how you got to, if you're progressing forward or not. Mm. Have you talked to like your peers? Are they doing the same same things? Other millennials? Yeah. So in my in my my workplace, I've I've noticed that there's a lot of people who write down their tasks every day. In the morning, they they start that uh, they they look at their tasks. They look at what's in hand, what's important. Uh, that will get them the best results or get them the results that they they need, and then they they work on that. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing that for for years as well. Because you write it down, you put everything in a list, and then you prioritize that list, and you go through it, right? It's like the Pareto rule, right? Yeah, eighty twenty rule, mm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So is it? So you write down your goals, and then you write down the tasks associated with those goals. Are there any other productivity hacks that you are actively incorporating into your working week? Um, being in shape and being healthy, I think that really plays a, a big role. So kind of like your diet. And also making sure that you're you're healthy as well. Eating lots of bread. <laughs> yeah, eating lots of bread. Yeah, that's actually no. That's like counting counterproductive. Um, so how often are you gymming? I, I try to go at least three times a week. Three times a week? Yeah, three times. Do you go with at someone? least? Uh, no. So because of my my my, my new lifestyle, it, it's very hard to kind of find a gym partner to, on the times I'm going. I go really late. 
What time do you go? Like midnight. Really? Yeah, I'm a night owl. So what time do you wake up? Like, okay, so yeah, with my sleeping pattern, it's, it's pretty out of whack. So I only get like about three to four hours sleep. So I'm up around like eight o'clock. If we get an email from a sleep psychologist, <laughs> it's going. It's going to be directed at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got a, I got a major problems there. Um, this is rapid fire. So next question. Do so taking so this is a rapid fire question round with Harvey D. We've talked about caffeine. We've talked about productivity. We've talked about gym. With all of these in mind like the Captain Planet thing we did before. In your opinion, do millennials have a good work ethic? Yeah, I do. millennials do have a good work ethic. Absolutely, I agree. How do you support this with evidence? I think it's more to do with what work they do. If it's work that they're passionate about, it kind of serves their purpose, uh, they, they find enjoyment, they find fulfillment in, they'll work their ass off. They'll work seven days. And I've seen it. I've seen um, my fellow peers. I've seen fellow friends who uh, have done a passion project and they'll continue to work at it until it's done. But if you give a millennial something that's, you know, uh, an, an admin duty or, you know, something that's a not... A menial task. Yeah, that's right. You're not going to get them. You're not going to get the best out of them. But not every job is going to be, you know, here's this grand project and it's up to you to deliver. Not every project or everything you're asked to do is the hero task right you're right it doesn't but the thing is you have to kind of it has to serve a purpose so if they if they are going to do a manual task or an admin type of role you have to kind of share with them that journey of like what they got what their contribution is doing for the overall so you so if you're leading millennials in the workplace you Mm -hmm. have to share you have to you have to share the the big picture yeah yeah so what impact are they doing like if you expect them to do that like what how are they contributing in, in a way? So you have to sh- you have to share. Yeah. So that, that, that does resonate with you. Yeah, absolutely. If there is a smaller job, if I'm explained why I'm doing it, then I'll then I am much more comfortable getting on with it. That's mm. yeah, absolutely. It's mm. no no different for me as to anyone else. It's um, it's understanding. Yeah, okay, you may be organizing this spreadsheet, but it's contributing to X Y Z. Uh, I suppose my 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 question eventually leads to okay this small task contributes to this project which is for this company you know I've gotten to the point now where I ask what does this company actually want to do you know what what's this company contributing to and I got very frustrated um and I've uh, I've become sort of outwardly frustrated with with companies that can't answer that why question where it's we exist to make money. We exist to uh, help deliver uh, blood packages throughout Africa. We exist to clean up the world's oceans, or we exist to uh, to make a dollar selling bottles. Like wh- whatever the purpose is, yeah, I struggle with. I struggle with companies that can't articulate why they're doing the thing that they're doing. Yeah, yeah, you are right because there's a lot of organisations there that have a, a solid mission and vision statement, uh, but when you actually go to that organization or the people that you interact with in that organization, are they really living by that vision and mission statement? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of, uh, you talk to some people and the, and what they have plastered on their walls as a poster in the company, it's purely their, 
it's purely there as a as a as a piece of marketing peripheral. Yeah, and it's you, you talk to the director and you get a completely different answer. Now that's not to say that every director is like this, but you know in some companies, yeah, you you sort of you outsource the ownership of a value statement to the poster that it sits on, mm. um, and you go about doing what you were going to do anyway, regardless of what it says. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So why is it so hard for businesses and organizations to kind of be authentic and genuine? With their kind of why, I mean, the, the I think the answer lies there in 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 the leadership team. Going back to what you were saying before about leadership, I think the answer does lie in who's actually steering the boat. Mm. And it's not that the characters in charge now, are, are, you know, evil or set out to do something villainous. It's that the generation that's coming in now, they're asking questions that the directors in charge have never had to answer previously. Right. So I think the trick in in answering the why question, not the trick or the challenge in answering the why question that the managers are struggling with now is the fact that they haven't had to answer it to such an extent previously. So the generation is kind of challenging, questioning the status quo, why are we doing things? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the millennial generation is, is a very curious one. They ask a lot of questions. Yes, there's the negative traits of walking in and you, you know, asking these questions is often and sometimes is absolutely justifiably perceived as arrogance because it's like, hold on, why are or you doing challenging this? the the company or the yeah. management? Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? It could be done this way, this yeah. way, this way. And the fact of the matter is, yeah, some people of our generation, they're going to walk in with this arrogance and think that they know how to rule the world straight away, mm. not taking into account 20 years of experience that's sitting in front of them. Yeah. That's the wrong approach. But where we, I think we are justified in in our you know uh, where we are justified in our contributions and our questioning is when we go okay we're, we're doing things this way what about trying it another way when you approach that challenge of you know why how are we doing this why aren't we doing it differently in the right way i think you can get buy-in and progress from from any generation that's that's yeah yeah that's a, that's really good points so is there any other organizations that you feel that aligns to your kind of why or your purpose? Um, uh, selfishly, I'd say no. <laughs> no no organizations come to mind where, it's, where, where I go, okay, hold on. I really want to work for these people. <clears throat> Let me try that again. I need to stop fucking slouching. Um, selfishly, I'd probably say no. I mean, there are companies that I admire where their their agenda, their mission is really clear. So you have companies like uh, SpaceX, or you have companies like uh, the the Ocean Project, or you have companies like Zipline who are doing blood delivery in Africa via drone. You know, these are companies that I admire because what they're doing is genuinely Serving a good a thing. Purpose uh, they're they're genuinely doing a good yeah. thing. Yeah, SpaceX, amazing engineering, and they're trying to get to Mars. Mars is cool. And really awesome engineering is a fantastic thing to witness, right? Mm. Um, you know, the blood delivery that's using a modern technology to address a real problem for humanity, you know, getting blood supplies to the right places yeah. in sub-Saharan Africa. And the uh, the Ocean Project is is actively addressing the, the waste that is going out into the ocean. It's actively cleaning up the river systems that are feeding the ocean. And then in the ocean, they're processing that as well. So they're doing really impactful things and and those are companies that i admire but in terms of companies that you know their their why statement is really clear and i understand it and i want to be part of that because it resonates directly with my 
with with what I'm looking to do in life. And no, I wouldn't say there there is an, an example I can give you. Do you have Do you have an example? No, I don't have any examples either. But I was going to ask you the question: Is there any if if it's no organisations, is there people then that kind of serves your 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 why or your purpose? Um. Again, I, I look at people and I admire what they've done. So Absolutely. So through admir- admiration, not really anything else that... Yeah. I, I like, for example, like one of my heroes is Lewis Hamilton. He's, okay. a, he's a Formula One driver. He's yeah. not a business person, but he's a Formula One driver. And I've watched him race since the start of his Formula One career. So that's over 10 years now that he's been racing and I've been watching him. And, you know, I've seen through the way he drives that he doesn't give up. He doesn't... He's completely relentless in his pursuit of trying to win. Mm. And... Anyway, when the car's crap, he's still good. He when the car's suffering, he's still able to outperform the car. When the team's suffering, you know, he he sticks it out. And yeah, you have the the uh, PR words that come out, but you can actually see his attitude is no, we're going to keep going, we're going to keep going. And he's relentless in his pursuit of being the best and driving as fast as possible and, and building the best team around him and, and using that team to win. I admire those characteristics as much as I admire. You know Jeremy Clarkson for saying ridiculous things, <laughs> but he—he, he, uh, I think the thing that people don't necessarily understand about Clarkson is he's a genuinely intelligent person. That the subtext of many of the things that he does, especially if you read some of his articles, is he—he he genuinely does care about certain topics, but he has a light-hearted way to to address them, and I admire that a lot. Mm, okay. Not, neither of those people are business tycoons. I mean, Hamilton makes like a hundred million dollars a year just by being Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. And sorry, to give you a, like a business example, you know, Elon Musk, as much as he is an easy go-to target for being someone to admire, you know, how could you not? He's, he actively takes on ridiculously ambitious projects, some of which are complete garbage, but he still goes, hold on, I'm going to make a rocket that lands itself. Who comes up with that? I'm going to mm. make an entire network of electric cars and function in the real world. Who, who, who has the balls to actually put out a gigantic ridiculous goal and actually strive to achieve it and oftentimes he doesn't but when he does it it changes the world and i admire these people that are willing to say something that they want to achieve and then actually follow through and give it a go even if they're at the risk of failing publicly and and on a global globally public uh stage i i do admire that okay so it seems like it's more characteristics and traits that 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 aligns to us as opposed to people or organizations i mean look i don't know these people like i've never met hamilton or clarkson or musk uh, but, uh, that's right you haven't but you you've seen what they've done and you've seen the characteristics of traits that's that's uh been out there of what of the work they've done yeah i've been able to cherry pick the things that i admire about each individual mm. person with full knowledge that you know individually they are still human they may they will have their own flaws and they will have their own quirks and characteristics but it's not my place to judge all of that what i'm taking away from their actions is oh i admire that and that's an example i want to follow yeah yeah how about you man who are you who are you looking at as benchmarks or who are you looking at and admiring in 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 life and in business and in the world yeah so there's a lot of people that you know that i find motivation empowerment inspiration from you know from my from my parents to my friends uh all the way to like people like tony robbins you know similar to like yourself it's it's taking characteristics and traits and and kind of different kind of behaviors and putting instilling that into myself to become the better version of myself 
So how do you, how do you like give me an example? Like you got Tony Robbins in there, who or, or maybe a family member. How how is that? How are their actions directly attributing to your actions? Because it makes me feel challenged. It makes me want to become a better person. So for example, let's say Tony Robbins. You know, every time he does a speech. Uh, a presentation or kind of a guest a guest speaking event he, he, he always comes off very generous and and um, unselfish it's always about people it's always caring about you know serving the, for the people and i love that you know i want to be like that i want to be you know generous i want to be unselfish um and just yeah just do the greater good of, of people so then you see someone like tony robbins being selfless how you know do you then are there examples where you you then go okay i'm walking down the street i see whatever happened and then you act selflessly in that situation like do you have yeah yeah good point so and that's something that i'm trying to learn it, it that's that's the thing that's why i'm trying to kind of create these these good habits and i'm, I'm kind of learning from these uh the people that i admire so that when there's an opportunity or or a circumstance that happens like that then i can act on it as opposed to just being that person who just walks away and ignores it or be kind of like oblivious. I mean, the, the actions that you take in your day, that's the that's really the only thing you have control over, right? Yeah, your habits is who you become, right? It's the, it's who you surround yourself with and what you do. Yeah, and what the, you do and, every day. And those choices around your actions, what you choose to act on, you know, that's the accumulation of your character, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Mm. It's, a, it's a big topic. I mean... We we started an entire podcast slash events uh, business centered around the topic of okay, here's an entire generation of people that's asking quite philosophically why do why are we doing the thing that we're doing why mm. why do we have to repeat what a previous generation has set down and put in front of us and and what legacy do we want to leave uh, the people that are coming after us it's a it's a huge topic it's not one that can necessarily be answered. I mean, and we know it can't be answered in a short space of time. But we can surely ask questions. We can ask the questions. Yeah. I think that's because we, you know, we've gone to a quite a philosophical space. Being brave enough to ask those questions is a is a powerful thing, I believe. Because mm. it's not. These are questions that I feel again with my interactions with you know friends of mine that are in, also millennials or you know that are friends of mine that are millennials you know they are asking these questions of hold on yes i want to do this job and i want to have money and i want to provide my family and friends and have a nice life but i also want to know that i'm actually making an impact to the world yeah i love that and and that's what i and exactly right that's that's probably such a millennial thing to say because like that's what i really resonate with as well i mean the, the the question i would ask there or the question that i always ask myself in my head when i hear whether it's myself or another millennial talking about this, is it's if you want to know what your impact is on the rest of the world with what you're doing with your time, like especially work, because that takes up the majority of your time next to sleep. Um, you know, the question I ask myself that I don't necessarily ask publicly is how do you know what you believe? Because your philosophy is driven by your own motives in some way. You know, if you're going to ask a company to answer the question for you of this is why we exist then you're looking for a match between, okay, the company exists for this reason and, and, I, and I agree with that. In order for you to have something to, to agree with, right, you need to understand what you believe in mm-hmm. or what you care about. And I think that's, as, 
I suppose what I'm getting at is if a company is being forced to answer the question for the sake of millennials working for them of this is why we exist, you yourself, before walking into an interview or into a meeting or being walking in with like a bit of a chip on your shoulder saying this organization is never going to never going to change because they're a bunch of old farts, you know, you first have to ask yourself the question of, okay, no, this is this is what I believe and this is why. Because I think we lose, as a generation, a lot of credibility when we ask the question when we don't even have an answer to it ourselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's a that's really good point. That's really, that's really, that's, yeah, that's really good. And, and look, the, the, that's, you know, where it goes from there is I completely understand, and you see a lot of this in, in marketing and branding, it's you're buying into a brand's values. You're buying, buying into, you're effectively purchasing your values, right? So if you're buying Air Jordans, you know, you're sporting, you like Jordan, you like the heritage of it, and they look cool, right? You're effectively purchasing that aspect of your values. I completely understand this as an, uh, this approach. You know, you buy, your, you buy what you care about effectively, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I bought a backpack because Dwayne Johnson... Uh, it looks cool, but it's also, uh, you know, it's the, the deal was sweetened because Dwayne Johnson created it, right? And I'm like, no, he's a hard worker. He's, you know, very successful. And I, and I want to I purchase some of that success in my own small way, even though I'm putting money in his pocket. Um, I completely understand why people will do this in their purchasing behavior. And they're, they're carrying that, that behavior over into who they're working for. But you can't necessarily treated the same way I don't think because if you have a workplace which is you're there to produce something that can be sold that's that's the facts of life when it comes to work we're not going to work for charity we're going to work to make money like that's you know majority of organizations in order to be sustainable have to make a dollar Mm -hmm. so I think what what's interesting a point here is whereas you can spend your money buying values or buying something that you care about from a from a you know someone that's hiring you perspective as much as you can ask them why do you exist i think we also need to answer hold on how can i contribute here because you're not going to sell necessarily oh my values are why i'm employable you're going to sell a skill set i don't really know where i'm going with this yeah i think that's a really big topic in itself that's something that we need to explore in a, in a future episode i suppose what i'm trying to get at is if you are buying your values, I'm going to try for the fifth time to get this, but if you're trying, <laughs> I'm going to try again. If you are uh, buying items and objects and material things with the, with the personality traits or with the traits that associate with those, with those brands, when you're going to work for someone, you know, you're expecting to get paid, effectively the company has, oh, I got it now, I got it now. I figured it out. Mm-hmm. If you're going to buy something like a pair of Air Jordans, which you you know you agree with the brand attributes of its cool, its heritage, you know all of the above, then when you go to work for someone, you're effectively selling something. So I think what what we haven't touched on yet in all of our discussions is as much as companies are now having to explain why they exist, and here are the you know here are the dot points, and and here's our mantra for existence. I think people, uh, millennials, need to be able to articulate what they actually care about. I think that's what I'm getting at, is if you're buying Jordans for reason X, then the company is buying you for question mark. I think you need to be able to define that. Right, right. No, that, that's, yeah, that's actually a really good point. And that's probably something that we probably need to discuss 
you know, and explore further in, in, in further episodes, future episodes. Mm. We went deep in this one. You, you went really deep. I, I, you, you, you went on a roll. <laughs> I was just absorbing, and I was like, "Wow, this guy, this guy's, uh, this guy's killing it." I went into the Mariana Trench of examples. Yeah, yeah. You, you went right in there, and I couldn't even get you out. <laughs> I went into meta mode. Yeah, meta, yeah. Meta mode by the millennials. Mm. All right, I think we should uh, it's wrap it up. Wrap it up. So I don't know where we'll post this. We'll put it somewhere. I don't know what we'll call it. This is just a random conversation. Uh, this is just a conversation combining a whole bunch of different thoughts and ideas. Yeah. This, we could create a series called uh, Christian and Harvey um, on a caffeine decline. <laughs> all of our caffeine. I've had three coffees today and they're three all coffees. wearing yeah, off. If you, can, uh, if you can see the workstation <laughs> we're working on, there's about like four coffees, all from Christians. <laughs> yeah, I'll take yeah. the blame. <laughs> but the coffee downstairs is bloody good. Mm. We should give them a shout out. Who are they? Culpa, C U L P A, yeah. on William Street. All right, um, let's wrap it there. Thank you very much, Harvey. Yeah, thank you guys. I'll see you guys again. We'll see you next time on the hashtag Millennials Podcast. <laughs>